0: everyone or good afternoon or good evening on this very definitely rotating planetary sphere with that brilliant orange spark in the dark out beyond the sun, almost directly opposite the sun. I mean, last night it was directly opposite. Tonight it's just a little off cue, but it's it's getting closer. And tomorrow night grading into Tuesday morning here in the Land of Enchantment Mars will be closer to the Earth than it's been for 15 years. That's a generation. That's really a modern generation. Imagine the mythological perception of, in in people's minds, of Mars now, tonight, compared to almost 20 years ago. I mean, we were just talking before we went on air on, on, um, with a whole bunch of people uh, who you'll meet momentarily about how Mars appears to be kind of on everybody's brain, everybody's consciousness. There's there's a lot of interesting Mars stuff. We're gonna go through some of it this morning, including a stunning, stunning story from ESA, not NASA, ESA, the European Space Agency, earlier in the week. I mean, it's been one heck of a set of days and weeks here, and the curve is accelerating. Apropos of the conversation we had with Sam Zmonegich last night, and his stunning measurements of the pyramid that, being wildly metaphorical, rang like a damn bell because the moon was in alignment with the sun and it was all perfect in the geometry to make it happen, to make the actual torsion field ring. That's pretty cool. Okay. Let me let me get to uh, matters at hand. We've got a lot of people on this morning. Some of them are in airports literally half a planet away. So I'm going to introduce them, not necessarily in order, but as they are available to us here on the other side of midnight. Uh, first and foremost of these people is Tim Saunders, who is a British national jumping on an airplane somewhere in Turkey to head to a yachting conference. Remember, his major, major background expertise for doing all this he builds stuff. He designs stuff. He knows how to work 3D CAD programs. He knows artificial stuff, manufactured stuff, when he sees it. He's a real world person. And If you want to see the whole very long bio, it's uh, posted there on the other side of Midnight at the very bottom of the guest page tonight. The other guy we're bringing on early is Will Farrer because he's got a major, major meeting. He works for a major information technology uh, guy at uh, the National Healthcare Company he doesn't want to tell us about. I guess they're ashamed of us. But he's got a really cool and important meeting, so he's got to, you know, hit the hay soon. So we got him on first to talk about what we're going to talk about. And last but not least, uh, Ron Gerbron, who is, uh, actually, it's technically Gerbron, like gerbil. So Ron Gerbron, is with us, and um, what can I say about Ron? Actually, not very much because he resists to this day giving me a written bio. So I can tell you I've known him forever. He's a brilliant polymath, a generalist, a citizen scientist, and he's worked more jobs than you and I will ever imagine working, which gives him that background real-world experience to look at stuff from Mars, to look at images, and go, oh my God. There's another one. So, without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the other side of midnight. Good morning, Richard. Good morning, Will.
1: How are you doing? You know, and it's not that I don't want you know I don't want to be associated with a show. It, it, I work for a behavioral health company. You know, I don't even put on Facebook where I work just because there's so many. It's such one of those fields where. You're dealing
0: with people, and you know,
1: we love everybody, loves the show here. Come on, we're talking <laughs> about Mar. We're
0: talking Mars here. Oh my god, are we talking? About- <laughs> hey, Tim, Tim, are you with us, Mr. Saunders? T- did we lose Tim again? I think we might have. I he- think, oh yeah, okay, so let me go get Tim. Oh, this is so. In the meantime, uh, Ron, are you there?
2: Yeah, I'm here.
0: Okay, so will I go get Hello. Saunders. Yeah who is <laughs> prowling around an airport somewhere in Turkey, which is an interesting place to be these days when it comes to politics and connectivity, and you're on the border with some very important parts of the world right now. Tim, are you with us? I certainly am, yes, I found a quiet there. corner. Oh, fantastic, okay. Mm-hmm. So let me, let me set the table, and I'll just throw this out, and we're gonna develop this as a theme, a kind of a running theme throughout the next three hours. But gentlemen, I think you would agree that we have all now gotten pregnant. And with the news this week from NASA, from ESSA, from again, the White House, uh, obliquely even from Russia, it's pretty much a foregone conclusion that we're on a countdown clock to someone admitting that there's stuff on Mars, artificial stuff on Mars. And that's not far from admitting that it's our stuff. And I'm talking specifically about this incredible, interesting discovery announced earlier in the week by S of the European Space Agency, the lake, the 12-mile-long lake, liquid water over a mile down under the South Polar Martian ice cap, which is composed of water and CO2, and it's so deep it's under the water cap. And it all came out this week that, well, if there's liquid water, and they're stressing in the report, the stories, it's got to be liquid, otherwise it wouldn't have shown up. That water could be like an Antarctic lake where there is living stuff. So let's see, um, since they're making an announcement in Turkey, well, why don't you tackle that one first? What do you think?
3: Unmuting help. I was just amused how you could hear the announcement when I was muted. <laughs> um, I'm unmuting now. Okay. Uh, so what do I think? I mean, it's it's incredible. I mean, it's it's something which we have believed for a long time. So it's not really a shock to the system. But I think it's incredible that it's now coming into the mainstream media. And that's that's the big point.
0: And um, isn't that the
3: crucial point?
0: In other words, nothing's going to change. Society's not going to apprehend what's really going on until some official source says, okay, folks, you now have permission to think about current life on Mars. And we had the methane. Remember the uh, the Curiosity story a few weeks ago? The seasonal methane, which looks like plants breathing, you know, three times more methane during the summer than during the winter. Three times. That's That's huge. Then we Maybe. had the… Then we have the historical report, along with the methane, of ancient organic molecules in the rocks that Curiosity is drilling, meaning that you have a huge runway starting billions of years ago, back almost contemporaneous with Earth life beginning. You've got guys saying, well, come on, it looks like biology, uh, you know, or, organic detritus d- d- from former life, ancient, ancient, billions of year old life on Mars. So they're preparing us. Do you agree? I I agree. It's definitely a soft disclosure.
1: I remember when we did our first show together, we talked about the water that I've been finding streaking down, not to, and after it had warmed up in the week prior and the rover had gone by and what it's kind of one of the weirdest things have happened i mean i haven't been active in my Mm -hmm. communities lately on mars on our ufa like my youtube channel i haven't made a video in a a month and a half but i'm getting more hits there now because the Uh, public they're looking they're searching They really are. They're hitting the mark. Like it's one of the hottest things because I, it's, I feel like actually people are looking at older videos again that I forgot I did. 700 back. We're getting people coming in. And and we were talking about this stuff probably it was a year or two ago that I have that. You allowed me to put that show up on the channel. And that's one of the number one sh- things I have on my YouTube channel is that show and uh, it's amazing now how we're dribbling it out and now that it's so close it's almost like it's calling us in NASA put a, a picture on their apod page the other day the, which is the a picture of the day um, of it was somebody took a picture of Mars at the end so beautiful and big in the sky at the end of a winding road in the dark you know just like we're just
0: oh yes 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 if we go to radio with pictures remember you go to the other side of night.com click on the graphic for tonight sunday night the Mars show scroll down about halfway says Will Farr's items number 1 the road to mars
1: oh how evocative oh and then they come out the water like they do, like, and, and you know that NASA and the European space agency talk to each other i mean they, of
0: course they do
1: after being at the the conference down there in DC it was amazing how everybody collaborates it's not just one it's like we do here we all come here sometimes There's we all don't have
0: this. one global <laughs> space program
1: it really I, mean, is. I don't
0: know how many million times I've said it, but they're all part of the same ancient secret order of Martians. <laughs> and this is all time-release aspirin getting ready for the big reveal. We've said it, and we've said it, and we've said it. Now, a lot more folks, judging by your numbers and by our numbers, are, are, are getting what we've been seeing for years. We're being prepared. And I don't know about you,
1: but I'm getting more emails from random people sending pictures of Mars so, you know that they found in, than I ever have. And I, I always try to reply, but it's – and I know you've been – I was sending you pictures at one time. Asking I you know, was just
4: girl. looking
0: at a video that a guy – one of my regular sources sends me. These people, that's all they do is they look at Mars. They have to because they're finding tons and tons of stuff.
1: It's nice. I'm excited. We write our book. Our book comes out with the chapter I'm doing is how to become an uh, anomaly hunter. And this is the time with just everybody's out there trying to figure it out. No, no,
0: no. no. Exoarchaeologist. Come on. Exoarchaeologist. I love it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It's time. They said, any more tips they can give us?
0: Okay. Ron has joined us by phone from San Diego. Rare link with Ron. Ron, what are your thoughts on the week that was? Because right. we've had an incredible number of – we're going to go through the next three hours talking about all the stuff that's coming out. But let's start with this ancient lake on Mars.
2: Yeah, I was just trying to figure out how to say uh, Martian lake in ancient Greek because <laughs> all the stuff I've been looking at about well, Egypt, in, in, they in, talk in, about –
0: Well, the- in Latin, it would be lacus what?
2: Oh, in Latin? Well, mm-hmm. something that, well, Aries would be the root, I'm sure, but the um, well no, they use Greek for stuff like that because you gotta yeah, Well, on, on the the
0: maps, you know, coming off the 19th century, yeah. You know, coming off the a century guys of mapping and naming things. There is a region of a Solus on which translates Lake Lacus, of a Lake of the Sun. And we know now it's we a now a has nothing to do with the sun. In fact, it's the branching end of the incredible canyon system on Mars. But from 35 million miles away, you know, the guys in the 19th century thought, "Okay, dark and uh, has geometry, uh, must be a lake." So, I wonder what you, you called- want my sort. Yeah, by all means, that's the whole idea.
2: Yeah. Well, the, the ancient lake that used to be right in front of the uh, Sphinx area was called Paleo Moersis, or at least that's the tag they gave it. So okay. you replace Paleo with some other Greek word. That would,
0: would um, See, I yeah, want to throw a cat name. among the pigeons, and I want to start with you guys. You're, you're my first half-hour guinea pigs, yeah. first segment. I don't okay, think well, this I... damn thing is a lake on Mars at all. In fact, I would almost bet dollars to navy beans it's not a lake. And I'll tell you why. There are two main reasons. One is geological, or in the case of Mars, areological. You know, Martian geology, areology. Excellent. There is no internal heat source in Mars anymore. How do we know that? Because Mars Odyssey carried a, an infrared camera, which would see thermal infrared. I forget the name of the camera. It thoroughly mapped many years ago the whole planet, and there's not one bright heat source down there well actually i I, I just misspoke there was only one and it appeared in the bottom of the major deepest crater on mars a basin called hellas and i strongly suspect that's where our artificial base of the deep secret space program is located because hellas is deep enough to where the outside air pressure would make keeping oxygen in a prefab set of units as a base on mars would be the easiest so that was the only little set of hotspots on the entire disk of Mars, the hemispheres of Mars. So if Mars had internal volcanic heat, like the Earth, you know, they call it geothermal energy, you would expect hotspots, you'd expect hot springs, you'd expect, you know, stuff like Old Faithful, you'd expect volcanoes, maybe one or two. There's nothing, which means this anomalous uh, connection has to be non Natural, non-natural, because well, one of the things- no heat to keep the water liquid. Oh. Remember, it's a, it's the boundary between liquid water and ice that gives you that what they call dielectric constant jump that gives you the reflection mm-hmm. in in radio in in radar. What's the other reason? What- and then we can we can have kind of a free for all. Okay. The other right, reason then? I the other reason I think it's not n- are natural. Oh because it's at longitude 195. 195? 19.5? You've got to be kidding. That means oh, that really European, sounds like a
4: setup.
0: Yeah, the European mapmakers were taking their cues from ancient, ancient Martian maps. We're going to talk about in the next two and a half hours how they got here. Oops. But this is all part of a set piece. This is a rolling disclosure on a script. There's nothing honest about this script except at the end... They're gonna be forced to admit there's stuff on Mars, and then it's Katie bar the door. Cause judging by your numbers, guys, people are intuiting that that there's something really important about Mars, and that's why your 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 audience is going up, uh, Will.
1: Uh, Is that just one thing? I mean, how do we, was that just one time that was mapped that we actually
0: had? No, 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 no. If you look at the maps, they've been over it again and again and again and again. And every time they pass over that piece of real estate, they get that bright Mm -hmm. glint, that radar glint. In other words, a mile down, there's more signal than there is bouncing off the surface of the ice itself. So it means one of two things. One is a water ice boundary. We see that in the Antarctic here on Earth all the time. The other possibility is it's actually artificial stuff organized in a geometry, which is about four times the wavelength of the radar signal they were using to ping it. So it's refracting and reflecting strongly because of a dielectric matching, because it's an ancient ruins of an ancient city, the last surviving city on Mars, which was positioned, allow the Lowell story. At the southern ice cap where the water was. They needed the water in their the last holdouts until they had to migrate. And where did they migrate to? The data now says some of us are Martians.
2: I'm sticking my hand up, but
0: go, go, see. go, uh, no, don't be,
2: don't be Yeah, boring. Uh the uh no, you're talking about Hellas?
0: No, that was or the, the place that That was the place in the uh, Mars uh, uh, Odyssey scan that showed the infrared anomaly. This lake, this putative lake, is located near the South Martian pole. No, I know that.
2: Yeah, I completely agree with your assessment there. I think it's a distraction. But uh, you're right, it's an odd one because they're not trying to take the subject away. They're just trying to deflect people from any generalizations that might pull too much of the cover back.
0: Well, the dead giveaway is you can't Mm -hmm. have it randomly at longitude 195. No. That just can't happen. That sounds like a setup. So that that means that that the Martian coordinate system had to be arranged. This was a NASA discussion back in the 60s, -hmm. international agreements, the IAU, and all that, to redo the Martian coordinate system to match. NASA and S's secret knowledge of the existence of this radar anomaly, and would they do that for a damn lake? No. Would they do it for an ancient buried city? Yes.
2: Well, maybe Richard. it's both. Well, I'm
0: then sorry. you'd have to ask, why is it the only place where there's liquid water, given, you know, what's the energy source keeping it liquid? Uh, well, that's uh, what I'm getting at. I, You
2: know my theory about the streaks, that there the result of the uh, an ancient irrigation or water distribution system that was set up, and it's now full of holes, so it leaks like crazy.
0: Okay, I, I can, just I can like, certainly
3: buy that, yeah.
2: Tim, yeah, I think you like wanted to broken. say
0: something. Yeah. Tim, I just, so it might be the water source. Go ahead, Tim.
3: Yeah, I was just going to say you slipped more than one cat amongst the pigeons there, I think. I mean, Mars Base, <laughs> uh, Lake. I mean, this, this is huge news. I mean, for example, isn't this like a, a sort of a, a point in history where we should all just pile the resources and get something to the south, southern pole of uh, Mars as soon as possible? I mean, one mile down, are you saying it's one mile down through rock, one mile down No, through no, 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 or? under
0: the ice. It's under like an Antarctic ice, ice cap.
3: Okay, so... Presumably the, 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 the more pure water is underneath this sort of ice cap, which is mainly what carbon dioxide?
0: The surface cap is CO2. Yeah. CO2. It's almost okay. like it's almost like a veneer because there's so little of it. Then you got mm. a mile of water or okay. water ice, you know, a very cold ice, then you got rock.
3: Okay, so I just wanted to clarify, it's not through a mile of rock, or through a no. mile of uh, CO2 ice, it's, it's actually just a thin crust of CO2. Then you're into a mile of
0: water. It. You got it. Well, which is where, see, when when you guys all remember the big furor over what were called Arthur's bushes, these things that were discovered on the Mars Surveyor imagery from Malin, that looked like like a fractal geometric leaf patterns on vast trees.
1: Absolutely. Huge ones. They, I mean, they.
0: But see, see, Will, I think you, Arthur included, everybody was misled because I've looked at that geometry and those look like the remains of ancient buried cities, not trees at all. And way back when this all surfaced, which was, pun intended, like five years ago, maybe eight years ago, I said at the time, I may have even said it on Coast, that I thought this is where the Martians would have gone in the last desperate. Sumian Edgar Rice Burroughs and model of Mars, where water is everything and you're losing it and the deserts are reclaiming everything, that the last refuge would have been to migrate to the South Pole of Mars and reuse the water that was there. And lo and behold, here we get this bright reflection, 12 miles across, and they're saying it's liquid water. There's no way it can be liquid water because A, it's the only one, and B, it's too damn cold based on the, on the geological models of Mars and the lack of infrared data showing any thermal hotspots anywhere on the planet, it means it's got to be something that reacts with radar like water. And given that their model wouldn't consider an ancient city in a billion years, They're model deficient. They don't publish all the possibilities, including stuff that is really weird as a radar reflector, i.e., the manufactured stuff you find in cities.
1: We're we're talking about years. This could have been years ago.
0: 30,000, 50,000, 100,000 years ago buried, yes. And we're talking,
1: remember, have you, I don't know if you've ever seen the uh, Antarctica video where Admiral Byrd went down there with the, and they came over the, the freezing mountains, the snow, the ice, the water, into this warm lake that was about, I think it was 34 mm-hmm. degrees, 35 mm-hmm. degrees. I could see Martians at the end. I could, I, yeah. I could see that's where we, we would be heading to if that was still. Now, there is, there. There, is,
0: there is one caveat to my idea that it really probably isn't a lake. In the hyperdimensional model, The heat that comes from inside a planet, a rotating planet, is not symmetrical. More of it comes out at the south pole than any other place, given the right-hand rule of rotation. That's why we've got the geysers at the south pole of Enceladus, the little moon, the 300-mile moon orbiting Saturn. That's why they're there. So it could be that in the last gasp of energy, it's being directed out the south pole of Mars because of the HD physics model. And it's melting the water at the base of the ice, in the glacier. And that's why we're seeing it. The point is, we now know where to go to find current contemporary life on Mars. If it exists, because like with, with Lake Vostok, you just drill through a mile of ice and bingo. You sample the water and you may have real, live, living, wriggling Tiny, tiny Martians.
3: Well, you may have much larger ones as well.
0: And that's is, is, the other...
3: Isn't this, isn't this the call out for Elon Musk? I mean, isn't this time for him to sort of put his money where his mouth is and say, well, okay, there's the water. You've got the rocket. You've been talking about this a lot. Why don't you go and do it? Isn't this the start of a race, a space well, race, a he's new he's space al- race? He's
0: already said he wants to go and do all that. The only question is where? And the, the current NASA thinking is you want to go where it's low So there's a lot of atmospheric pressure above you. So when you put up structures, it doesn't cost as much in energy and structural things and all that. You're an architect. You know that. To to live under more pressure than less. So you'd want to put stuff at the bottom of the canyons maybe or at the bottom of Hellas, this huge basin. Whereas now... If they're not there already. (laughs) Well, that's what I said. That's what I was saying. This infrared anomaly showed up only in Hellas. And I said along with a guy named Hoffman, who's a planetary scientist in Australia. He thought it was something like they see in the Antarctic, a a, a volcanic fumarole, they're called. Mm-hmm. And I looked at it once and I said, no way. It's got to be the secret base. It has to be. You put it where it's easier engineering-wise to keep a lot of people, a lot of guys, alive. But I now- think, given the, the, this incredible new find, the real place to go would be the site at 195 of this so-called lake, because it's either a lake, which is incredibly important, or it's something even more important. My ancient buried one last Martian city.
2: How are they going to get to the water? Once Just the, drill, or whatever it is.
0: Did you see the story a few days ago about the That'd discovery of the other, uh, another P58 in the Arctic in Greenland? There was a squadron of B-17s and P-58s being flown from England to – no, I guess from the U.S. to to, uh, uh, Britain. And they got trapped in a storm and had to land in Greenland, and they all – guys all got rescued. But the planes were left there, and they were covered over by the ice. Last year, a couple years ago, they found one. They just found another one. And they described the technique that they're going to use to go down to get it, which is to drill – and then lower water pressure, high temperature hoses, and basically just melt the ice with hot water. For To, to do that, all you need is energy. And Musk is talking nuclear power. NASA is talking nuclear power. So there will be enough energy to go and do that. Besides, if you melt ice, you get drinking water. You get rocket fuel. You get all kinds of goodies with the water. So,
1: they have already and- proven Curiosity's proven that uh, the nuclear, even a, as far back as that was designed, has left – you know, is still rolling and still going to this day, years and years after the mission should have ended, literally, before the wheels are going to come off the dang thing. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I think I did a calculation, again, for, for George on One Night on Coast, and if they really are, are careful – the nuclear battery to provide the heat, to provide the electricity, provide the electricity to the battery, to provide the electricity to the instruments and the wheels and all, all that could last something like, usefully, 100 years.
1: And think about what Musk has done with the current battery stuff here. Give them mm-hmm. give give that and let's see. No, give them another
0: five years. Yeah. You know? let's anyway, see look. Now, see, this, this, this touches on and we got three right. minutes to the bottom of the hour. Can you guys stay a little longer? Yeah, can hey,
3: yeah. Kim? I'm well. There's a big queue in getting on the plane, so I, I'm here for at least another five, ten
0: minutes, I guess. Oh, okay. Yes. So, let we'll, we'll we'll do our break, but let let me set up what I want to talk about after the break. Everything, you know, that old 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 joke, you know, time is God's, you know, creation to keep everything from happening at once. If you look around now, I don't care whether it's politics and Trump or it's the international situation with Korea and Putin, or it's weapon systems and acquisition of monies, or it's farmers and tariffs, or it's Mars stuff and weird blackouts over Siberia for three hours in ways that it can't. It's all happening at once. The rising crescendo of rapid-fire major news events is coming at us Faster and faster and faster and faster, which, of course, the physics model predicts. The physics model says this is what's going to happen. Art used to have a phrase for it. He called it the quickening. Well, in this, if you start thinking of this, forget, you know, mystical stuff or hyperdimensional stuff. Just kind of think of this, and actually, I'm not going to have a chance to really complete that thought. So we will pick this up on the other side. My guests this morning are two amazingly prolific and proficient to mention there's will and tim and ron here in the first half hour and many other people in the coming half hour so uh without further ado here on the other side of midnight my name is richard c hoagland we shall return You're listening to the first hour of The Other Side of Midnight. Be sure to catch our complete live show every Saturday and Sunday night at 9 p.m. Pacific, midnight Eastern, for a full three hours of this kind of exploration. And be sure to visit TheOtherSideOfMidnight.com as you listen, so you can follow our special Radio with Pictures guest page simultaneously. that can see our hardworking producer specifically prepares to illustrate the topics discussed each show. Why? Because there is vital additional information on that Radio with Pictures guest page that I assure you will immeasurably enhance your understanding and enjoyment of what our guests are describing. I mean, would you rather listen to a guest talk about NASA images of ancient artifacts on Mars or simultaneously be able to follow the official NASA images showing you, as you're listening, the ruins? If you'd like to listen at your convenience to all our shows, including our unique radio pictures feature, please visit com and click on the Join Club 19.5 link in the left hand column. Okay, what do you get with your Club 19.5 membership, besides helping the show literally stay on the air? Well, first of all, you will exclusively, this is not available to the general public, enjoy our enhanced ad-free podcast, courtesy of Chris Bell. Automatically downloading all the latest The Other Side of Midnight shows directly to your favorite podcast device so you can listen when you want to. Further, as a full Club 19.5 member, you will gain exclusive access to our The Other Side of Midnight 24-7 chat server. What I can't help calling the Open Hailing Frequencies Room, which is available only to members 24-7. Now, during the show, that's where you will find other 19.5 members and sometimes even members of the bridge crew, my guests, and even me uh, when I have time. Regardless, you can always relay live questions to me during the show just by going to the Open Hailing Frequencies room. Of course, when we're not on the air with your 19.5 membership, you can visit our Club 19.5 radio archives anytime and download all our shows directly to your computer which will automatically provide you a screen size that allows you to really examine the remarkable images Kintia posts for each show. Okay, here's where I need to get kind of super serious. Club 19.5 is how our show is currently solely supported. In my hopefully not vain attempt to keep commercials to a minimum. If you're concerned about keeping us on the air, if you want to hear information that has been vetted far more than perhaps any other show the best way to ensure that is to join club 19.5 and get your friends and family to join too and if you don't know already when i drop by open hailing frequencies you can even ask me directly what the ultimate meaning is behind 19.5 literally the most exclusive club in the world please join me in my interesting guests on this very stream every Saturday and Sunday night at nine p m. Pacific, midnight Eastern, and be sure to come back and listen to our live three hour shows. Thanks for listening. And now, back to the show.
4: One, nine, seven, eight, seven, three, zero, seven, six is not available.
0: And, welcome back, everyone, on this Sunday night. We're playing NASA's Mythodia in the background. Again, isn't it interesting that a space agency which commissions an actual work to mythology, to Mars and the mythology of terrestrial history, lands a spacecraft at Longitude 195. That was a Mars polar vehicle many years ago that just kind of disappeared. Just poof. But it went to 195. And now this year, just a few weeks ago, ESSA describes that um, this ancient lake is also at longitude 195. Okay, we've been joined by a whole bunch of people, Keith Laney and Bob Harrison and Andrew uh, Curry, and uh, we've got Ron with us. I hope you have Ron with us. We've got Tim and Will and that's only the folks in the foreground, the folks in the back room. They're even, you know, am I missing anybody? If I am, please let me know. So um, someone wanted to finish a thought. Oh, I guess you need to react to what I what I was trying yeah. to put into context, which is that the rate this is now going, we could have official Martian disclosure that there's somebody home there in the next month or so. I mean, this is this the curve is now heading straight for the stratosphere. It's asymptotic. But,
1: Richard, you you forgot the Space Force in your list of things that also we we're talking about here in America. A Space Force. Who would ever bodies.
4: thought?
0: Yeah, the, the, this, and, and every speech that Trump is now giving, even things that don't seem to be related. I mean his speeches in general come off that way, but he, he goes out of his way to mention the Space Force. Now when we get Barbara <laughs> Honegger on in the third hour… She and I are going to have a bit of a tussle because she's trying to assume that this is about Russian and Chinese anti-satellite weapons. And I think that's really kind of a naive. That's how it's being sold to the mainstream. But that's not why you're creating an entire new branch of the military. Give me a break. If you're monitoring a few satellites, that can be done <sighs> in a computer in the back room with the Air Force. I got one more thing,
1: Richard, before I, I get off and let you guys talk. I was, I was checking out how many missions are on the way. There's one active mission going there now by NASA, and there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven that are in development between now and 2024. And then Musk beats everybody. He's got two. He wants to go in 2022 send cargo. Then he wants to go in 2024 and land. He wants to Put a crew there, so he's the only one that wants to do that within the next 30 years. So
4: you have reached the maximum time permitted for recording your message. If you're satisfied sorry. with message, press one to just listen yours. to your message. press 2. To erase and re-record, press three.
1: Okay, I would just send it.
4: Just send it. going to be it. Okay. If you're satisfied with the message, press one to listen to your message. Press two to erase and re-record. Press three.
0: Okay. Tim, how long have we got you? You're rushing for an airplane there, right? If
4: you're satisfied with the message, <laughs> press 1. To listen to your message, press 2. To mm-hmm. erase and re-record, press 3. We're having,
0: as you can hear, a few telecommunications issues tonight, but, you know, situation normal.
4: <laughs> Sorry, you're having trouble. Your message but has been nice. lost. <laughs> Please try again go. later. Goodbye.
0: Okay. All right. Um, I was trying to get hold of Tim. Tim, are you with us? Mr. Saunders, unmuting helps. Oh, dear. I think we lost Saunders. Okay, new guys. Robert, Keith, Andrew. Hey. Hello. Howdy. I'm going to go try to get Tim back while we kick some things around here. First of all, give me your impressions of the water. The water? On Mars. Yes, the announcement.
5: Oh, well, it comes as no surprise to me. I've been seeing water on Mars for years and years and years, but that there's a large deposit of it under a cap uh, is pretty surprising. Surprising yeah. or improbable, given uh, what we know about Mars? I don't think it to be improbable. Surprising, yes; uh, improbable, no. Okay.
6: Robert, you with yeah, us? Not, yeah, not too improbable, if, if you know, if the amount of briny water that seems to be on mars uh, if you remember the uh, spirit rover when it landed it seemed to land in something like uh, semi-frozen mud mm-hmm. we had St- steve squires i think it was uh, saying it looks like mud but it can't be mud and then uh, the rest of his team excluding him i think published a one page paper which uh, came up with a the theory that it was that, uh, that there was a at that spot there was a continuous upwelling of briny water by capillary action and when it evaporated it was leaving behind this greasy salty mess mm-hmm. and that and that was the cause of uh, what squires i think called the magic carpet uh, to keep away from saying much. So- okay, so
0: if, 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 if we buy that the Europeans have found something, we're saying it's a 12-mile, you know, wide piece of liquid stuck a mile under the ice cap of the south pole of Mars, right? Yep. So then the question is, I posed, you know, I don't know whether you heard it because we were connecting, why is it at longitude 195?
5: That's the magic number.
0: That <laughs> doesn't mean anything. Why is it 195? How did ESSA know to find a lake at 195? And did you hear my speculation that maybe it's not a lake at all, maybe it's an ancient buried city, the last city we left when we came here, some of us. Which
7: then Richard, Andrew here, hello, good oh, evening.
0: Andrew. <laughs> Which brings to mind
7: the moment you say the South Pole of Mars or any of the polar regions brings back all the ancient memes and the science fiction stories. That talk about those kinds of issues, moving water from the ice caps along canals, the Lowellian theory, mm-hmm. Chesley's paint- Chesley Bondstill's paintings, Werner uh, Von Braun's um, science fiction novel, which had them going to the polar ice caps to find what? An mm-hmm. underground city? I mean, come on. <laughs> it's yes. Like we that need means- a… Sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. Sorry. No, 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 Rob, you go.
6: I was just going to say, um, think of where Inca City is in relation to the South Pole of Mars. It's uh, pretty close, if I remember. Um, yeah,
0: and I was going to put up a map of Barsoom. <clears throat> remember, that's the fictional Mars of eric yep. Rice Burroughs back in the twenties. And there is an ancient abandoned city on the Barsoom map that er- Rice Burroughs, you know, drew. He drew those maps. Yeah. Again, going back to the big, big question, guys, Andrew, take it take it away. How the hell does NASA and ESA know this stuff unless they've got a secret source of ancient, ancient, ancient Martian maps?
7: Yeah, and it's been encoded in our so-called myth or well, in our in our mythologies and in our science fiction for decades and decades and decades for the science fiction and our mythologies, even ancient. And I know, Keith, you wanted to come in. Uh, yes, if you if you
5: constantly find things. At the same magical number locations, mm-hmm. uh, it's kind of like shooting fish in a barrel, Richard. You know, it's, it's, they don't have to know where it's at; they know the they know the magic numbers. If you know that, if you know something uses some, it's a
0: tool. Uh, you know, the, the works, two coordinate so I systems, the two coordinate systems, on a modern map, the odds of finding something interesting at one nine five is almost zero, unless your modern map is based on an ancient map that encoded. The important stuff at 195.
5: Well, I mean, look at all the interesting stuff throughout the solar system, South Massive. Look at, uh, you know, look at all the stuff that that mm-hmm. is at these locations. So it becomes sort of like shooting fish in a barrel. You know, that's just where you look, you know, along the 33rd parallel, uh, you know, in nineteen five, somewhere. Along, it's just the magic numbers where the things are built at. And also it comes along on the grid system of a double, hit, double tetrahedral system. Okay. You know what I mean. So yeah. uh, it's at the it's at the upwelling points. It's at the magic spots on the gr- on the grid points of these planets. So therefore, sure it would be. The, that's how you tap into
1: the the energy. Hey Keith, what you well, mean there? Maybe but, the listeners might not know. What would you mean there? You and Richard well, knew, well, about well, some well, of the well,
0: listeners like, might. All now. right, all right. <laughs> Maps, you know, whether they're globes or they're Mercator rectangular projections, have latitude and longitude, just like on Earth. Latitude goes you know from east to west, and longitude goes north to the pole and south of the pole. Other planets have been divided up under the same cartographic system, Mars being the first. The odds of something really cool being found on a separate Martian coordinate system where you have to arbitrarily pick a you know Greenwich, zero degrees longitude and oh. zero latitude at <laughs> the equator. How do we know it was arbitrarily picked? But <laughs> I, you're, you're not listening to what I'm saying. This argument is in favor that it's not arbitrarily, but we've been sold for 50 years that it is arbitrary. You uh, get no, it? I've never thought
5: that personally.
0: But you're not the general yeah. people listening to this show tonight. In fact, none of the guests on this program are average persons. If they were, they would not be doing what we're doing, which is spending a fortune, making no money, and dying on the vine trying to get the truth out while there's still time. Right. So, Andrew, thoughts?
7: Well, I have three tomato plants baking in the sun that look a lot like that on the vine, but there's still some good fruit there, Richard. (laughs) No, I, I just think it's, it's, it's just signposts, and I agree with you. I think that there has been a secret knowledge. I mean, Richard, in, your, in the book that you wrote, uh, the Pluto book, and you did a, a big piece on Percival Lowell, and you talked about – I don't know if it was speculation on your part or you had some knowledge on it. Because I, I, either I didn't look far enough or I I. Or well, I
0: the forgot. one thing I don't do is I don't depend on sources. Right. I try to work from data. Now, at a certain point, you make a model. You, know, you make a model of the crime if you're FBI. You make a model of ancient civilizations if you're into ET archaeology. Mm-hmm. I've tried to make a model for a timeline, yeah. who went where, and what you would find in the imagery when we got enough good imagery to where we could see it. And I said several years ago, based on the whole controversy around Arthur's Bushes, that the last Martians had to have flown, fled to the South Pole where the water is. And then they came there to here from there to to Earth, so it would be a sacred preserved space, the last right. the last Martian homestead. If it didn't show up on these maps, I'd be stunned, because it's more political confirmation that they're not they're not randomly going to these places. They have a plan. They have a guidebook. They have, you know, kind of like that Star Trek episode I love so much, a piece of the action. They have a sacred book that they're reading from. Of course, Richard, and you know, and you say, of course, it's no, there is no such thing as a. Yes, it is. It's evidence
5: because every place we've landed, a craft has has been an
0: archaeological area. I'm sorry for the phone guys. That's Ron trying to get back with us, and I can't. Let's see, do this, then I do this. So let's try him one more time, okay, Chris? This is real time programming. So, yeah, let me go back to my argument with Keith. There is no such thing as obvious because if it was, we wouldn't be sitting here tonight wondering when the big disclosure hammer is going to fall. It would have fallen decades ago.
5: Well, uh, you know what? Well, you have to transcend that, Richard, because disclosure is, disclosure is a personal experience. Totally, No, it's
0: not. It's a personal Sure experience.
5: it is. I, I, did you have to have anybody give you permission to see the face on Mars, to know the things you know? And this is where the people have to reach. The, the people have to reach this that place, Richard. They have to reach that place. Well, I see it. See, I totally disagree. I don't disagree. care what you say. I, I totally
0: disagree. It.
5: Because that's a this level is, of freedom that, that doesn't rely on any official and, government and, agency. And let's say give me permission to see what I see with my own Let's
0: eyes. say there's one person tonight out there that we reach that looks at our data, listens to our conversation, says, oh my God, they're right. We used to be on Mars. That's fantastic for that one person. It will do nothing to save the planet. The only thing that will save the planet in the direction we're heading is this knowledge has to become general at warp nine day before yesterday. It must be the game changer. Putin's unveiled these hypersonic weapons, this torpedo tsunami, um, you know, multi megaton device. We're heading for perdition until we can change the curve. This is the only thing big enough. Who the hell we really are? That I think I've thought for thirty years could change the curve. And having one person light up at a time is not gonna save humanity. That's and a political re- process.
5: Well, I mean, if you look at it, Richard, they really have disclosed. Have you have you read the public Nimitz reports of the the, the things that were going on with the with the tic tac and you mm-hmm. know all you that? Know, have, have you read the the actual Navy reports that they made public?
0: See, I'm uh, much this, more interested. This really, I'm this, much more interested in the archaeology. You know well, why? See, because really because the, the archaeol. Hang on, hang on, please. The archaeology will not lie. Well, I mean, the UFO just, stuff the will lie stuff like all
5: crazy. The, well, I mean, you have, and then look. Well, look in the Curiosity Archives. It has archaeology after archaeology, right after the other. Now they're not saying anything about it, but mm-hmm. it's right there in front of us for all of us to see, and all of us have seen it. And if I dare anybody to go through my Gigapans or anybody who does GigaPans, GigaPans of the curiosity images and not see archaeology if you if you don't you're not looking and this you know i mean and that takes a an initiate an initiate that wants to look to see it uh you know and so yeah you're right it doesn't reach everybody so in that that, that respect uh, yeah but the people that have to be told by the government that oh yes there is such a thing and oh here let me show you an example they're the kind of people that would never see what we were showing them
1: anyway
0: See, I had this discussion with many other people, and they seem to think that I'm looking for some kind of official approbation. No. In order to bo- muster the body politic to make meaningful change on this planet, this has got to be external knowledge. It must be widely shared. It must be widely acknowledged. The key question is what's going to trigger that point of going viral to where ordinary people, the middle of the bell curve, go Oh, my God.
5: Oh, yeah. oh, you're right, Richard. I wish we had a I wish we had a, uh, you know, a landing on the White House sort of moment. You know, I really wish we did. Uh, but, you know, as it is, we have crumbly. We have pictures of crumbly archaeology on another planet, you know, that.
0: that well, we also us. have some very bizarre stuff. I mean, if we go to back to radio with pictures, um, go to the other side of midnight dot com. Click on tonight's graphic for Sunday night, the 29th. Now, we'll take you to the guest page. Scroll down to my items and Radio with Pictures. And item number two is a, an article from the Daily Mail with an original link to the Siberian Times. A few days ago, for three hours, something mysteriously turned the sky black over a piece of real estate in, in Siberia. For three hours. And there's no known natural explanation. It's not wildfires. I've lived through wildfires that fill the sky with smoke. It doesn't come on at 1130 and go go away at 230. All right? This was something done. Now, what's eerie is if you scroll further down, that was my number two item in radio with pictures, scrolled to number three, there's currently a Martian dust storm on Mars. I've got a comparison up there, both in three and in four, of Mars viewed with Hubble, and Mars in 2016, viewed with Hubble, and you can see that you basically can't see anything. Then if you go to item number five, this is an opportunity uh, camera set of strips showing the progression of the dust storm on Mars, this global dust storm, completely blocking off the sun, making the equivalent of a Martian night in broad daylight. Then if you look at number five, or I'm sorry, six, you compare that with what they saw in Siberia for two and a half hours, it Certainly looks similar. to me like somebody was sending a big honking message to Trump and Putin to stop doing what they're doing and get with the program again. Now, why do I say that? Because on the 16th, which is the day of the anniversary of our launch to the moon on Apollo 11, 49 years ago. Trump and Putin met in Helsinki. Three days later, 17th, 18th, 19th, Trump issues an invitation to Putin to come to Washington to continue the conversation in the midst of all kinds of incredible controversy surrounding their two and a half hour secret meeting. One day later, on the 20th of July, this is just a few days ago now, on Friday afternoon the 20th, converting to Moscow time, this Two and a half hours of darkness descends over Siberia, and suddenly, three days later, Putin says, nope, I can't come. And Trump says, well, maybe you better wait till after the year. And then Trump and Putin agree, maybe he'll show up in Moscow. And I think it's all part of messaging by folks upstairs, family. This is the amuamua they were terrified of. It's finally arrived, and what it's doing is creating artificial eclipses over Siberia. Oh, by the way, where they just announced this week they found two little nematoid worms that had been buried and frozen in the ice for 42,000 years, and they thawed out, and they're alive. And is that all trying to tell us something very profound?
5: Yeah, that looks like it is.
0: And who's orchestrating it? And what are they trying to say? And is this to get it on the record when the you-know-what hits the rotating kitchen appliance? Or is this the, the invisible hand? You know, the, the stuff Kinthia and I argue about all the time. Is this consciousness guiding the bigger plan so that folks are showing up on their curtain calls when they need to, but we're not really running the show? also the russians or the japanese or the chinese or whatever this is such a much a this is a much bigger you know play
5: well richard you remember me sending out the email back several weeks ago about 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 just sensing an uptick in the in the force you know just a well uptick in the uh, yeah in the energy levels and the in the weird things happening uh, Ah, uh, you know, and uh, also, as your number eight item too, you have to mention that. Don't skip that, please.
0: Oh no, no, no! I'm going to save that because I want reactions <laughs> from our from our gang here, our peanut gallery, to what I just laid out.
5: Yeah, it's being laid out. You know what? And uh, it's almost like maybe there's an AI behind it, or the, uh, you know, if, or, if the or if the-
0: or it's the Shemsu whore. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, it's a considers- secret society based in Egypt called the Followers of Horus. that are trying to restore in their mythology the first time. How far back do you carry the idea of the first time? The first time we all finally came here from Mars? Is that the real first time? Andrew, you're being quiet. Well, (laughs) I wanted to finish my thought about Lowell. Anyways, in that
7: (laughs) chapter that you wrote, you spoke about a time when Percival Lowell may have gone into Asia. He was very attached to Japan, I believe… Um and there. yeah, and you mentioned in your writing that he may have been shared with or been been privy to secret esoteric knowledge because everything changed after that. That's when he built a t- the telescope in Flagstaff, Arizona, which was the what the first you know, telescope. just
0: for people that don't know, Lowell was this Boston Brahmin businessman, kind of like you know Trump on steroids in the 19th century. He's uh, he goes to Japan. I don't know whether he was a full ambassador or he was just there. You know. For his own business, I forget which. But he talks to Shinto priests, races back to Boston, tells his family he's getting out of the business world, goes to Arizona, builds his own private observatory, points it at Mars, finds canals, talks about ancient civilizations. And the scientific community of astronomers around the world did everything they could to drum him and the Lowell Observatory out of modern history up to and including now demoting a planet he found Pluto to the status of a dwarf planet i mean i lay all this out in the pluto book yeah the point is i think he talked to somebody or found out something from the shinto priesthood in japan because there are bosnian sized ancient ancient pyramids in the northern island of hokkaido at the northern tip of japan and I think the great, 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 great grandmothers we've talked about in terms of this previous civilization, circa 30,000 years, I think they came here from Mars and built them. That, In other words, we came, some of us came back home, and we have been living here on planet Earth ever since, and the ever since is about 30,000 years. That's the radiocarbon dating of a key leaf that Sam Osmanigich found, sandwiched between two boulders buried in the middle of the uh, labyrinth that they're excavating under the Bosnian complex, 30,000 years. Yeah. And which Richard, Richard, um, to roll back, oh, I guess it's
7: over a month now, when Canthea hosted the show, when you had some technical difficulties, and she was interviewing Steve Meads on January the 2nd, or I'm sorry, June the 2nd, and the Chave, Chavez cave in France with those extraordinary artistic forms. I mean, that is that is like looking at art art now like from our classical era in you know in terms of western art
0: right up to now 30,000 years ago yeah remember what picasso said when he was taken into uh lesoux Oh, was it oh yeah he looked around <laughs> and he said he said you know these are paintings supposed to be 35,000 years old or so he looked around and he said we've learned nothing nothing as an artist To me, that's an incredibly resonant statement, meaning that the current mindset, modern Homo sapiens sapiens, did not evolve on this planet. It came here. We came here from that place, the place that NASA mythologized with Methodia. You're on the other side of midnight. My name is Richard C. Hoagland. I and my panel will be back. Don't go away. that member used to chat about the show during the show, and you will have a direct channel to post a question that will be read on the air to the guest. And you'll have a place to post questions during our open hailing frequencies. We realize that not everyone wants to call in live, and this gives you an easy way to participate in a live show without having to participate. Club 19.5 members can use this private chat to talk about the shows, ask questions, suggest new guests, And I may even pop on from time to time to answer specific questions. Also, the entire Bridge crew is in these participating chat channels, so you can interact with them as well. You'll also be the first to preview our new videos and reports. We'll be adding exclusive new features to Club 19.5 as we go forward. And boy, have we got some amazing things to tell you about in the coming weeks. So please support the show and don't miss all the exciting new things we have planned. I want to thank all our Club 19.5 members because without your guys' support, this show would not be on the air. Please help us continue growing the show by subscribing to Club 19.5 today. And when I say we really need you, we really need you. Over and out.